Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film series of Harry Potter. So grab your favorite time turners and wands and let's step into the flighty temptress. You know, in the night. Step into the night after that flighty temptress. (laughs) (laughs) You step into the, 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 you know, the. Temptress, flighty, higgity piggity. <laughs> Did I catch a niner in there? <laughs> no. Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? I'm basically just reenacting Dumbledore's <laughs> welcome speech. You don't. You no, don't I don't get know the what you're joke at all. No, what it was it's it? From Tommy Boy. Well, I don't care about Tommy Boy. I care about <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> when he's like, "Oh yeah, you know the number? No. What's my telephone number?" <laughs> he's like four two seven niner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome back oh, man. to the Potterverse. We you are know, pumped to be here. Oh, if you're listening to this in real time, this is happening after. This is uh, real time, Blake. This is. No, I'm saying if you're listening None of to it. This is real time. This is all post. <laughs> this is all the future. None of it matters. We're all dying, Mary. <laughs> every day, oh, every second, we're dying. Oh, my goodness gracious. There's going to be so nihilists so- from now on. <laughs> So dramatic. Yes, if you're listening in real time, this is right after Christmas. We took a little bit of a break for Christmas, so thank you very much for happy happy Christmas, everybody. Thank you for uh, uh, dealing with our with our tiny little break uh, from the Harry Potter world. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had a great holiday. Let's get into Harry Potter, shall we? We are now entering Chapter Thirty Three: The Death Eaters. Voldemort bent down and pulled out Wormtail's left arm. He forced the sleeve of Wormtail's robes up past his elbow, and Harry saw something upon the skin there. Something like a vivid red tattoo. A skull with a snake protruding from its mouth. The image that had appeared in the sky at the Quidditch World Cup. The dark mark. Voldemort examined it carefully, ignoring Wormtail's uncontrollable weeping. It's back, he said softly. They will all have noticed it. And now we shall see. Now we shall know. Excellent stuff. I love this because it's different visually than how it is in the movie. Yes. You know, he pushes essentially like Wormtail's naked skin, like it's just bare skin. And mm-hmm. then the dark mark comes. Whereas when he touches it um, on this time, it it goes from red to black. Yes. So I just thought that that was a really neat thing that his appearing meant that this red kind of what I envision almost as like a burned scar. Mm-hmm. 
you know, comes back now that he's back and how they're all going to be feeling it. That's really how I visualized it. Like, you know, when you have those wounds and it, it leaves a scar behind, maybe you have a burn wound. I, I got, sure do. I got plenty of them. Trust me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it just never, like your skin never grows back the way it normally was. Yes. And it's a bit more pink and it's just a bit more raw. And sometimes it feels um, a little bit more tender. And I just pictured that. I pictured all of these death eaters suddenly having this twitch on their on their arm. Like, oh, feeling whoa. It, feeling yeah. this like raw fragile skin yeah come back Ooh, good good visual mary oh thank you good visual thank you you know there, there's actually a lot happening in this chapter and i quite liked it and i and but for a reason i think that's different than what you're thinking oh because it's full of Slytherins. well yeah obviously <laughs> i mean come on man let's go uh but well you know what let's let's get into it mary uh, before we do though we just want to thank all of our friends at join the for making all of this possible. Truly, those of you who are able to contribute, even as just as little as $2 a month, which is less than a cup of coffee, you keep our podcasting possible. This is how we're able to make all of these free podcasts for everyone's enjoyment. Um, so we just want to thank you for keeping our podcast company going and growing. And if you haven't joined yet, maybe make it a New Year's resolution. You know, support a mom and pop podcast I like it. shop. I like it. Let's do it. I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Little mini chapter recap for you. Basically, Voldemort summons all of the Death Eaters back, makes fun of them, puts them down, calls them jabronis, <laughs> does his, ha, 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 here's my evil plan, and explains how he came back to life. And then Crucio's Harry. At the end of the Maybe at the end Crucio's of the show, his friend. Yeah, it's, it's he's just he's just he just does a lot of maniacal things. A lot, all about the Crucio life. That's his favorite spell. Expelliarmus may be Harry's, but Crucio, Crucio. certainly uh, more of a favorite. Avada Kedavra or Crucio? Of mine or Voldemort's? Of Voldemort's. Voldemort's, I think, is Crucio. Yeah, you think so? I think that death is too quick. And he likes to see them revel, uh, like writhe in pain. Oh, I like it. Another good visual here, Mary. You're, you're painting. You're, you're like you're like Bob Ross today. <sighs> you know, happy you little trees, happy little happy death little eaters. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm here for. All right, so Mary, I quite like this chapter. And yes, I love villains. And yes, I love Slytherin. And uh, I, I, I just, I love the darkness of stories, right? Cause that I think is what gives story flavor. It, 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 if everything was just great all the time, then it would be boring. You need to have darkness to counteract the light. Mm. Uh, but I like this chapter for a reason that normally I would absolutely despise it. Oh, I think I know what it is. And well, all right, let's take a guess to see if you th- Is it like his maniacal plan because it's explained in a interesting fashion or how he came back to life? Yes, 100%. This chapter is 100% exposition. And all it is is I'm the bad guy. Here's what you need to know, mm-hmm. and this is what I plan to do, and this is why I plan to do it. Yep. And normally, I'd be like, come on, what are we doing? But I actually like it because Voldemort as a character, from what I can see, is actually quite a showman. Oh, yes, he is. And he loves himself something fierce. Mm -hmm. 
and he has to do a couple of things in this chapter. One, he has to reinforce the fact that he's back. But also he has to show the leadership qualities for the Death Eaters, but at the same time show how powerful he is and that he is in fact in control. And this planned, this maniacal laughter, the big bad monologue at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. it makes sense for this the situation. This is a book. Well, well, no, but I'm saying like the big bad monologue at the end oh, of the okay. movie. It makes sense for this chapter and it makes sense for this character because he is such a showman. Because, like He even says, I could have gotten anybody, but I wanted Harry. Well, and this is honestly... Our introduction to Voldemort. Yeah. We have gone three and a half. I mean, let's be real. This book is big. Four books yeah. <laughs> through in this series. And all we've heard are the whispers and the rumors and that brief interaction uh, to get the Sorcerer's Stone. But really, that was just like a virus on the back of Quirrell's head. Yeah. And then like Tom Riddle. But like, that's not. But that's to me. That's, that's not, not even Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. 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 Like this is this is how we meet him. This is his The Boy Who Lived chapter, but it's the Voldemort who lived. Absolutely. Um, and I and I like that you make that connection, I Mary. called it that. The what? villain that lived. The villain that lived. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that you make that connection, Mary, because these two are inexorably connected. And in, in reality, it's specifically because of Voldemort's choice. Like, he thinks that, okay, well... I chose Harry, number one, for the showmanship of, of it, uh, but also, number two, na- like, the the magic that was used as a protection for Harry is now the inroad to touch Harry. But at the same time, what he doesn't know is that what he does actually kind of dooms him at the same time. So, like, all of these things happen all at once. So the boy who lived is the chapter that recognizes that Harry lived. And this is the chapter that recognizes um, Voldemort. Voldemort's birth or rebirth, but also his death mm-hmm. uh, in, in, a, in an indirect way, but in a way that can be traced right back to this moment. Yeah. So I like that you make that connection, Mary. Thank it's you. really good. That's how I roll. What do you what what stands out to you in this chapter, Marvin? Just he's uh, he's just the worst friend. He's just not a good friend, and it really shows you how weak these Death Eaters are. Just to be these followers, when all he does is put them down, seeing his true followers are dead or in jail, and that these guys are just the B team. This is mm. the junior varsity team. Mm-hmm. Crucio is one of them. Yeah, but is he wrong? No. What do you mean? Is, is he wrong? Yeah, is he wrong, wrong for saying the things that he does to the Death Eaters? Is he wrong? Yeah. Yes, he's wrong. Why is he wrong? What do you mean wrong? Well, if they were such great followers of his, I think this comes down to morality. What do you mean by wrong or right? I mean, you're talking well, to a Gryffindor he... here. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I mean, no! uh, is he incorrect? Is he in? Okay, that's a better phrase. I know. Is he incorrect? <laughs> in what? Is he incorrect in, the, in, in which in regard? making the statements that he did about, the, like, for example, you know, I was gone 13 years and you'd think that one of years would come find me, but no, none of you did. 
Well, how do you know? Voldemort, this is the first time I've seen you in 13 years. I did go looking for you. How would I know you would go to Albania? Great job. And in, in, in taking over snakes? <laughs> I didn't know you liked but snakes. But you knew, you knew what you I was trying to do. You didn't send me a You didn't send me an owl. You should have been looking harder. You should have sent me a letter no, when no. you had If you're Pearl. such a devout no, follower, no. you absolutely should have been out I there think he dropped scouring the, ball. the world. He dropped the ball when he... When he took over Curl's body, he should have sent a memo out. Fair. When you were able to possess a wizard's body, you should have gone up to the owlry, which you had access to, gotten the eagle owl of the Malfoys, and said, all systems go, Malfoy. (laughs) And how dare you put Malfoy down when he dropped off Tom Riddle's diary two years ago. You don't even know what he did because you've just been bippity-boppity-booing in a snake. (laughs) Like, he has not acknowledged that one of his horcruxes was found and ruined. Now, mind you, it's probably because the author didn't really know where she was going with the horcrux in the diary right now. Also fair. But, like, I wanted Malfoy to say, excuse me. Yeah. Uh... I just did you a big favor. I set your childhood version free to kill all the muggles with a basilisk, which hasn't happened in half a century. If anything, you should be putting me on your most beloved list. Mm, interesting. Not Faux Moody. Oh, no, Faux Moody. Well, but you know, but he doesn't know who Faux Moody is. He doesn't say right. who Faux Moody is. Right. So I'm saying to these Death Eaters, I would think that Malfoy, being the Slytherin, a little proud of himself, should have spoken up and said, excuse me, I deserve a couple extra credit points. Mm -hmm. You don't know what I did. That's that's a fair argument. How do you know they didn't go looking for you? It's been 13 years. Well, because if they looked hot enough. Albania in a possessed snake? Hey, that's that. Hey, you you do what it takes. And if you're that into it, if you're that like motivated by you should have left a note. But there's also a bunch of people that he knows, you know, were turncoats. It sounds to me like he said, Okay, everybody, I've got secret plans. Didn't tell them about the horcruxes, just I've got secret plans and didn't tell them where he was gonna go. Well no, if he you... did say he did say that you all know what my experiments were. You yes. know what I was doing. Yes, but he didn't say and plan B, go to Albania. <laughs> He didn't do that. Well, he that's no, a failure on his part. Well, that's the thing. He so was it he showed was up, he wrong? Was he incorrect? He showed up on Quirrell, and then after Quirrell croaked, he ended up in Albania. Yeah, yeah. But no, but he. Uh, where was it that Quirrell found him? Quirrell found him. I thought in the woods of something. I'm gonna find it exactly. I feel like it was Albania again. It's like his favorite place to go. Who goes to <laughs> Albania? My goodness gracious! Because it was. Where was it? Where was Quirrell going? And he was looking for scary things. He was looking for vampires in, uh, my, maybe it was Albania. I, I what else? You know, stats are for nerds. Either way, all I'm saying is this: if these people, he knows Voldemort knows that a bunch of people were turncoats. That like like the guys like Kakarov and uh, even McNair, right? McNair was out there doing his thing, and now he's working for the ministry, right? And I, and I think that's a commentary on um, government in and of itself uh, that I think is pretty damning. But nevertheless, the, there are people out there that said that they gave their lives. And, and like when you think of the oath that these people had to take for Voldemort, that is, I'm dedicating my life to you. 
I'm giving 100% of my being in the forest of Albania. Yeah. So if they're, if they're dedicating 100% of their lives to him and they know that he was experimenting, they know the experiments, then more should have happened. Like it should have been a bigger deal to these people. It should have been, he should have been found sooner. And these people should not have just continued on with their lives. Like, Oh, everything's great now. Right. Like, yeah, and then Wormtail goes to Albania. I'm telling you, sorry, I just Googled this. Both times he was in Albania. He should have had it in his plan. <laughs> By the way, my favorite place to go on vacation. Like in his trust, in yes, his will and trust. Yes, <laughs> please find me in Albania. <laughs> I'm not sure if he did a whole bunch of estate planning. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh man. Like he could have said it when he was Quirrell version 2.0. Um. Okay, continue. Sorry. I'm just I'm just saying he had poor planning and he's getting upset at these death eaters. He's not even in England. It's fair. It's fair. It's it's fair. I, I but I kind of see where he's coming from. It's not like he had a bat signal. <laughs> he didn't have a snake signal, I'll tell you that. Either way, um I don't think he's all that wrong. And I do. I and but you also have to consider the person here, right? Like you have to consider it, that it's Voldemort. I don't care. And it is. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> Man, you're such a Gryffindor. <laughs> such a Gryffindor. But here's another thing. I'm sticking thing. up for these like- I know, for Death Eaters. I'm sticking up for Lucius Malfoy. He did his job. Well, here's a person that I don't know if you should stick up for or you should feel bad for or someone that gets their, you know, like their due justice. Like, Wormtail gets his hand cut off. Yeah. And then Vold- and Voldemort says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a hand back. Don't worry about it. But, but wait, hold on a sec. Let's do like all this other stuff first. And then maybe I'll give you a hand back. And it's only going to be paying partial debt back. Do you feel bad here for like, not only does he cut off his, cut off his hand, but he like tosses Wormtail. Oh, he throws him against the yeah, stone. Right. Like he tosses him like a rag doll. What, what are you asking do I feel bad for? I feel bad for all these people. Voldemort's the worst. Do you feel bad for Wormtail? That's the thing. Or does he does he get what's coming to him? I mean, I feel bad for him. Really? Yeah. Man, I I just feel like Wormtail is obviously a terrible person, mm. but um, to me, he's that kid in class that got bullied a lot, mm-hmm. got tagged along, never really fit in. And once again, I've said it before and I'll say it again, they should have had a therapist at Hogwarts. <laughs> Maybe if they had social emotional learning classes in Hogwarts, sure. Wormtail's uh, story would have ended differently. So why do you think he does to Wormtail what he does? Because I, I have a theory, but I would love to hear your thoughts first. Like, why do you think he tosses him and why do you think he makes him wait for the hand? And like, why do you think Part he treats him the way that, that he does? this is his flicks to see what he can do mm. before he challenges Harry. He wants to kind of practice his maneuvers of what can I lift? What, who can I, can I crucio still? Mm-hmm. I mean, he just got back into his body after 13 years. So even though he's doing this to show... To show his stuff, to still act intimidating, to intimidate the other Death Eaters. Shame on you. You should feel guilty. 
to put the fear in them maybe so that they don't leave again. I honestly think this is him doing a practice run because he knows he wants to fight Harry, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know if he remembers his spells. He doesn't know if his body's (laughs) going to work, if his wand is still going to like him. That's what my opinion would be, but he wouldn't tell anybody that. No, that's a that's a great point, Mary. I think uh, another we'll layer, run. another layer on top of that, and the practice runs a great idea. Uh, another, and you kind of alluded to it, which is like, okay, this is my, this is my way to show control. Like this is my my way to show that I still got it. Yeah. But you know, such a big deal was made of Voldemort's physical appearance uh, when he was like a like the the baby sized Voldemort, and yeah. then when he came back. You know, the red eyes and the slits for nose and all the stuff. Part of me thinks that this is a maneuver to say that not only am I, do I look like this, but that's the least of your problems. Like the least of your problems is that I look intimidating. The least of your problems is that I look like an insane person. Yeah, in saying, fact, yeah. uh, in fact, what you should be worrying about is that... I am back and I am back and better than ever. Like I, who is he trying to scare? Um there's like five death eaters. Well, well there's more than that. There's about 20, but like <laughs> yes, I think he's got to like he's got to flex a little bit. You know, like there's that saying um you know, like there's that saying of the lion that lays in the on the ground in 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 like the Sahara, where wherever, like in the in the not the Sahara, the, but you know what I'm saying, in the fields. And he's laying, he's sleeping, and these hyenas come, and the jackals come, and they start nipping at him. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh man, it's a great. It's a. It's oh. about Mufasa. Oh, I guess if not, I don't know what you're. It's talking It's narrated about. by Christopher Walken. I got. I got. Oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. Well, can you get to the point? Um. Uh, because I'm lost. Sometimes. The lion sleeps, right? Tonight. And the jackals come. The jackals come and they nip at the lion and whatever. But sometimes the lion wakes up and he tears them all apart. Oh God! Because the lion has to show that he's still the lion, and that to me is what Voldemort is doing. Well, he needs to get a new hobby. Like, cause, cause they have to fear this guy a little bit. And he even says that, like, he's, there, there has to be fear. Like, there has to be something like that. I mean, that's his choice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but again, again, you have to consider the person, right? So in his in his characterization and in his perspective, that is a prerequisite mm. to leading a group like the Death Eaters, right? In, 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 Ooh, I just had an idea. What? Sorry, completely No, 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 it's okay. Go ahead. So- you know how I said it's interesting that I didn't realize one of his horcruxes was missing because such a big deal of it is made as future horcruxes go? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't realize it because he didn't realize one had already been remade in Harry. Oh, I like that idea. That like in his body, in his spidey sense, his his Voldy sense, it's like, nope, still got the We're same good. amount yeah. of horcruxes. Yeah, I, I like that idea. That he doesn't realize the diary horcrux was broken. Because we need to count. It was like Home Alone. Like they counted that many same kids. <laughs> it just wasn't Kevin. Does this have four wheel drive? <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't Kevin McAllister. Look, kid. Like basically, stop asking me the questions. Diary Beat it. Is Kevin McAllister? <laughs> yeah. And instead, the neighborhood kid that accidentally got ca- counted in the van is Harry Potter, the Horcrux. <laughs> stop bothering me, kid. Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my theory. I like it. Thank um, you. I think that's a good theory. 
Another uh, something that the author does here is that she leaves like we can look back on it now and say like, okay, what Voldemort is referring to is in fact, his experiments are the Horcruxes, right? But the author leaves it vague enough correct? where you could also interpret that she doesn't quite know yet that that is what she's getting towards. Um, what do you think is happening? Like, do you think that she knows at no, this point? I think she's still in the woodshed. What is isn't that called? Woodshop? The workshop? No, woodshop. <laughs> Work- <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. No, it's like a thing. It's like it's in it's in take development. Like, okay, what, I mean, what are you talking about? It. I'll get back to you. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh man, uh, she's still workshopping the idea. I can I can give you that one. Like there's a there's a shop in there. Did I catch a niner in there? <laughs> no. Um, I, I there's there's enough there to say that she doesn't quite know yet um, that there are gonna be horcruxes. But there's wood shedding. All, wood. That's what it is. I'm wood. like, why is it called a wood shot? Wood shedding. But you wouldn't know it because that must mean it's a musical thing. Yeah, no, I definitely don't know okay. that. I definitely don't <laughs> know that. I'm going to call it woodshop, woodshedding. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did say in the beginning, right? Didn't I call it wood, say woodshed at some point? No. But it just means like practicing it, like it needs more work. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But that must just be a musical thing if you've I, never I, heard it. I've never heard of that, woodshedding. There are like a bunch of nerds out there listening to their radio right now screaming. They're like, radio. dude, how do you not know what woodshedding is? Sorry, everybody. Um, Meaning like... You'd go to the woodshed to go practice because you're so bad that you don't yeah. want other people to hear you. So there's another thing here, too, that happens with Voldemort. And it's not only. And uh, if we're, we're potato, potato, you say the T. I don't. Uh, yeah, well, you know. No, but I love it. That's what I'm saying is keep it up. It's like Han Solo and Han Solo. Yeah. Um, or Millennium Falcon or Falcon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Star Wars is full of those things. Anyway, like Jakku or Jakku. Like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Voldemort. Or Lestrange. Or Lestrange. Yeah. Voldemort, his power is not, it's not only contingent on his ability, right? And the intimidation of it all. But there's also, I think, uh, it, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of my dad, in a, in a way that there's a promise um there's a there's a promise of something at the end of the tunnel for for the death eaters right like there's what is their promise what are they given well like he he gives a microcosm of that promise right with wormtail and giving him his hand back yeah but like why that would- magic that's intense magic. We have not seen magic like that yet in the Harry Potter universe. Like just given a hand, right? Um, but the promise is uh, anything that he can think of, like if it's taking over the world or it's you're going to have all these riches or you're going to be high in society. But the thing is, though, Voldemort doesn't have to... <laughs> 
he doesn't have to actually do the thing because people are so afraid of him. Do you see what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Like there's a promise of reward. Let's put it that way. Okay. There's a promise of reward, but he doesn't even necessarily have to give, give in on the reward. It's just the fear. As long as he shows an example of what could be. And that's why I say there, there's this carrot at the end of the stick. It's, it reminds me of my dad. Like there's this thing that's like, oh, okay, if you do everything right, if you, if you do X, Y, and Z, there's a chance I could give you what you want. But if there's one little thing wrong, then it ain't going to happen. And I, and I think that's such a big part of why Voldemort um, as a character works, but also the motivations of what he does works and also why the people who follow him, why that works. Do you agree or disagree? It's a good question. Not really paying attention to it. <laughs> researching something else oh mary because like i don't know i don't know i don't know why these people are doing it i think it's because they're afraid you know i'll, I'll tell you what i'm really thinking about Can't what are you, what you think actually about? thinking about mary about snape during this time frame okay about severus snape how to tell when the hosts okay, aren't like, listening i really could care less about mcnab and all these people i don't care why they're there they're dweebs all right you're, you're well, a fool. McNair was the guy who tried to kill Buckbeak. Whatevs, man. Okay? Like, that's a big deal. Not really. Sure it is. I care more about Severus Snape. Severus Snape, who's inside Hogwarts right now. Okay. And has the burning dark mark on his hand right now. Yes. Just like all the other Death Eaters. And yes, Karkaroff, too. But what is Severus Snape doing in this very moment when he feels his old tattoo? Oh, up? yeah. That's a big deal. What do you think he does? Um, because it's not told to us. I will tell you that since you have never read this book, I will tell you he doesn't say something. What do you mean? In this book, yeah. he doesn't say, "Oh yeah, Harry, I knew he came back because my tattoo showed black." Like he doesn't say that. Fair. Um, what is he doing at this moment? I, he's probably having an anxiety attack <laughs> because, like, you have to know that once this thing flares up that Voldemort is back. Like, you have to know. Yeah. And if it does, does he feel the pull? Like, does he feel the pull mm. to go get Voldemort because of Lily? Ooh. Because this is the first time. This is the first time he has felt it and seen it for 13 years since mm-hmm. the day his love died. Mm-hmm. We know, we know for a fact that he goes and reports this to Dumbledore. Um, Later on in the books, uh, I think it's Bellatrix asks him, you know, when he's playing the double agent, you know, why didn't you return when the Dark Mark, when the Dark Lord came back and he had the Dark Mark? And he says, I did. I returned two hours later. Mm -hmm. And I believe that in this chapter, he's referred to as the one who is lost and is never coming back. I believe uh, Voldemort, he refers to, you know, I have a couple other Death Eaters missing. One is a coward. I believe he's talking about Karkaroff. He says, one, I think I've lost forever. I think he's referring to Snape, thinking that Snape has left him. And then, of course, another one that is my secret agent inside Hogwarts right now. Mm -hmm. So I believe, like, Snape in the future, in future books, says, I did return just two hours later. And what Snape ends up telling Voldemort after is, I've been waiting for you. I'm your secret agent in Hogwarts. So I think what happens 
is he feels this. But you're right. What goes through his mind is his first inclination to go so he can maybe Avada Kedavra, Voldemort. But instead he goes and he talks to Dumbledore. And these guys have no idea. They think that Harry is safe in the maze with, with Cedric. Yeah. And that's another thing too. What is happening? There are no ring cameras inside this labyrinth. No, <laughs> there's no ring. Like, there's no de- motion detection. <laughs> there's no iPhone, find my phone. Where's yeah. Harry Potter? There's no Marauder's Map. Where's find, Harry Potter? Find my Potter. He's in a graveyard, a muggle graveyard across the country. Oh, my God. Harry needs a gizmo watch. <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> he needs a gizmo watch to just be like, Mom. Oh, he can't even call his mom. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but it's crazy because okay this happens and still like this all starts to happen pretty quickly you know we're going to be having the fight and of course you know eventually harry's going to be going back with the port key yes but just that's why i'm sorry i wasn't paying attention but that's where my mind was at was all of these death eaters felt the dark mark and came back and all I'm thinking about, as I told you, I'm going through the the read through this time, mm-hmm. thinking about Snape differently, thinking about Dumbledore differently. And to what what we know, Dumbledore doesn't go straight to the the end of the maze. They 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 are there when Harry comes out with the porky. Yes, but you would think that Snape comes to Dumbledore and says, "Yo, Voldy's back." I don't know how. But he's back. Look at my arm. I would hope that Dumbledore would say, find Potter right now. But he doesn't. Well, yeah. um, I think there's a couple of things at play here. One, the book needs to happen. The plot needs to happen, right? Like, like, even when you think about Voldemort's plan, Mm -hmm. like, oh, the Triwizard Cup, and I'm going to have this secret agent, and that secret agent is going to help Potter, and and then Potter is going to get to the, the, the end because of you know, like he's going to get to this cup and the cup is going to be a port key and that port key is going to bring him to a graveyard and then that graveyard is going to have my dad's bones and like, and, and the, it's it's like this giant web of a plan that like doesn't need to happen. And the only reason why it does happen is because the book needs to happen. Right. Like there's no he's saying, well, they are. And like the author tries to give these explanations like, well, we couldn't get Harry because Harry was protected and he was protected by this ancient magic that Dumbledore. I don't understand what you're saying has to happen in the book that. Well, the book has to happen. Like it is important. Are you saying that the items inside of his potion? Well, no. So you asked me, why didn't Snape just go to Dumbledore and be like, hey. Voldemort's back. He does. And he does go to Voldemort and said Voldemort's back. And in my opinion, if we wanted to. But then you said, well, why didn't Dumbledore just be like, fine, Potter now? Yes, I would have bippity boppity booed because all the Death Eaters pretty much just touch their little magic button death mark and they get zipped, zip, zap, zipped over to Voldemort. I would have said, all right, Snake, Snape, give me a hug. I'm going to bippity boppity boo with you. Right. But the thing is. They don't know where Potter is, right? That's number one. Dumbledore could totally do that, though. You know he put a tracking device on But number two, if if Dumbledore was like, find Potter now, as a matter of fact, we'll all go right now. Yeah. Like, you're going to have mass hysteria. No. Because Dumbledore just took off out of nowhere with Snape, number one. And number two, if Dumbledore does that and somehow magically, (laughs) magically finds Harry with Snape. He would have. Hey, 
If he does that, then now we have a duel between Dumbledore and Voldemort. Goodbye, Voldemort. And the series is over. Oh, you know, it would have been better. So that's why I'm saying, in order for that, Ugh. the reason why it doesn't happen is because the book has to happen. My gosh, if Minerva McGonagall was right there and overheard Snape say Voldemort's back. Oh. Oh, she would have found Potter. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have let him be a lamb to be sacrificed. No, definitely not. She would have, because she's a Gryffindor. She would have stopped the entire thing. She would have a mobilist time. <laughs> Where's that time him. turner? Yeah. She would have probably whipped the time turner out of her back pocket and, mm-hmm. and said, no, thank you. All done. Potter stays in bed. Getting him some chocolate frogs. He's sitting this one out. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is the book has to happen. I know, Blake. And there's a lot. Like, In my opinion, it, it just goes author, quickly. And the author tries to legitimize it by saying, well, Harry has these protections. We can't get him in Hogwarts. We can't get him at his home. We need him to be outside of Hogwarts, but yep. outside of his home. Yep. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Love it. So let's just do it in my dad's muggle graveyard. And the only way that can get done is with this massive, elaborate scheme of a plan. Whereas I kind of disagree with that because- So did Wormtail. Right. <laughs> uh, I disagree with it. And, but again, like the, the book has but to But Voldemort happen. knows he couldn't touch Harry. So I'm kind of okay with him saying he wanted Harry's blood as part of the potion. Yeah. He knew he had problems touching him. So, and he knew, he he figured out, okay, it's this thing because of his mom. So I think he did the right thing. But yeah, but then again, you have to recognize the fact that his, gr- not not greed, but desire, like that desire of vengeance, right? Against Harry. Against like, the 14-year-old like child. Like I have, I have to kill this kid. Yeah. I have to do it. Yep. Um. And what? I think that's part of why he crucios people because he was supposedly killed by a baby. <laughs> so <laughs> his street cred is kind of down. Yeah, but again, at the same time, you have to recognize too that it wasn't the fact that the baby killed him. It was, and oh, I love this distinction. Mm. There's a great distinction. One that I've like I've never really understood well, until I read this, this chapter. <laughs> yeah. And that is the magic that happens because of Lily's sacrifice, right? So it's not that Lily produced a charm or did a spell or it didn't happen. It was an unconscious awakening of magic, old magic that is love is love. And that love, that sacrifice is a choice, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that Voldemort could never understand. Sacrificing himself out of love mm-hmm. is what unlocks the magic that undoes him. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a, a huge distinction to be like, no, Lily didn't do like this thing that was like, I want to protect Harry and yay. I mean, she like, does. She, she puts well, her she body has, in front of him. Yeah, she has a choice because Voldemort knows like Voldemort tries to do the thing, right? He tries to say to Lily, okay, you can go. Yeah. Like get out of here. But she chooses to stand in front of Harry, yes. but she doesn't choose to perform magic 
that protects yeah, Harry. Yeah, she doesn't bippity boppity boo with her wand. Right. Just it's just the action of what she does, does it. that creates that un that unearths or mm. unlocks this old magic that yeah. that Voldemort didn't understand. And that's a great distinction because I think in the movies it's that is not evident. Yeah. And I've always been kind of confused by that. Because I was like, okay, well, how did she have the, like, like there's a, an extra textual kind of form of evidence, right? In the films would be that Slughorn says that Lily was the best witch at charms he's ever had. Mm -hmm. And like, and he even says it was like when she gives him the fish or whatever it was. Uh, and when she died, the fish died. Like, you know, what is the... the, the she was a very talented right. witch, Essentially, the, the films are saying that she cast this specific charm to protect Harry. Mm -hmm. And she was able to do it because she was the best person in the... Like, inherent in that that scene from Slughorn is that a charm is what did it that saved Harry. But the book is pretty explicit that it's not a charm. It's not a spell. It's just an it's, unconscious it's, choice. It's a thing that happens when you're given the choice yeah. to die or to live or to die. Right. And, and it's old magic. And, and, and as I was reading it, Voldemort makes mention of. This is essentially the same thing that Harry does. So Voldemort yes. says, you can live and I will kill your friends, or you can come and die and I will save them. Yes. So this same exact magic, which right. Voldemort didn't understand then and obviously doesn't understand in the future, is uh, uh, what happens. Because his I, friends don't okay, die but after that. Following that logic, right? Yeah. Following that logic, why then did the curse at the end of Hallows not bounce off of Harry and go back to Voldemort. It did. It killed little Voldy. It killed the Voldemort Horcrux. No, no, I know that. But I'm saying like, but why wouldn't it kill Voldemort the way that it did with Lily? I think because it still killed a part of him. Because he has all the Horcrux protections. He still has, I don't know. I mean, I'm, that's a great I'm, question. It, it is a good question, right? Like, if it bounced off of Lily or bounced I think it's off of Harry, that part whatever. of his soul was killed in the process. Like, I think when Voldemort, OG, original Voldemort, goes yep. and and kills Lily, yep. one of his Horcruxes, his soul, things like that, isn't killed in the process. His body is. Yes, and then, it's the nearest thing to. Or like the 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 curse. Yeah, he's or at least him, um, because a part of Voldemort does die. So you could explain it away by saying the curse attacks the nearest thing, right? Because if it hits Harry, but there's a, a Horcrux in Harry, it's killing the nearest thing. I also of think their blood bond made it difficult for him to be killed by it. Fair, okay. That there's another way that you can. That you can explain it away. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can get on board with that. But this is like why 
So like James Potter, who's killed before Lily Potter, isn't given the option, hey, do you want to live? Right. No, <laughs> he's, he's just, just killed tossed. right away. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's boom, 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 boom. Or you're given the option, do you want to live? And I, I will kill the other per- people. Or will you die? Um, and they choose death. Mm-hmm. That that's when the protection is given. Uh, there's, Which a- is why, in a sense, Harry is saved that little piece because some of it dies and some of it doesn't there's a mention of three different kinds of old magic that in, Voldemort, this, chapter. in this chapter and it, i think it's a great three beat right it's like the, the first one is of how uh the old magic that happens when he returns to his body Voldemort does and then there's the old magic that protects harry from dumbledore mm-hmm. and then there's the old magic that came as a choice of sacrifice from Lily. And he admits that he underestimated those things. Like he admits that he was outplayed. And he's even, he even admits that um, like the, he even admits a certain fear of Dumbledore in this chapter, as he's talking to the death eaters, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is again, even though it's this, egomaniacal monologue it lends so much insight into the character uh that the monologue makes sense it 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 is purposeful mm-hmm. it, it's there not to just lay out the plan for james bond to thwart the bad guys planned but it's there to give you a real texture into the villain into the into the person that is going to drive the narrative for the next you know, three or four books, whatever mm. it is. Interestingly enough, he pulls a wand out of his cloak. How did they save his wand? Is this his OG wand? Mm, good one. I like that. Mm. Interesting. Oh, speaking of Malfoy. Um, it wasn't. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just... <laughs> oh, you know what it is? Speak. You remember how you said... Oh, well, Malfoy should have been like, hey, I did X, Y, and Z. You should be thanking me. Yes. The author kind of explains this away. My Lord, I was constantly on alert, came Lucius Malfoy's voice swiftly from beneath the hood. Had there been any sign from you, any whisper of your whereabouts, I would have been at your side immediately. Nothing could have prevented me. And yet you ran from my mark when a faithful Death Eater sent it into the sky Last summer, said Voldemort lazily, and Mr. Malfoy stopped talking abruptly. Yes, I know all about that. Lucius, you have disappointed me. I expect more faithful service in the future. What do you say to that, Mary? I say Lucius should have spoken up and said, excuse me, I did my job. I didn't know who that was. Maybe you could tell us who that faithful Death Eater is. That's Mm, what I say. Fair. Uh, I think Malfoy did a really good job as a Death Eater trying to trying to do what he needed to do. I just find it so interesting that he's here in this muggle graveyard. He's putting Dumbledore down. Oh, that muggle-loving guy who runs Hogwarts. And yet he essentially says to these rather dumb Death Eaters, I'm here in a muggle graveyard digging up my muggle father's bones because he fell in love with my mom who was a witch. And once he found out she was a witch, he cast her aside. And yet the Death Eaters don't seem to 
blink at it. Like they don't seem to either catch it because he's in the middle of his monologue, but like they don't seem to say, oh, yes, you're you're a mudblood because he puts down muggles and mudbloods in this same maniacal talk. And yet he's letting us know that he himself is essentially a mudblood. And like there's also something here, too, like. I, I think a My very, mom's a witch. <laughs> I think there's some low-hanging fruit here concerning Voldemort being half-blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... It, I mean, he says it. He says, my muggle father. No, no, I know. Uh, and, like, it, it's... First of all, it's one thing that he doesn't know the full story, right, about his father and his mother and what she did to his father and why he left. Mm-hmm. So like, do you think he would have changed his tune if he actually knew like the full story of what his mother did to his father? I don't know. But I think there's some low hanging fruit here, making some, um, some correlation if you want to, uh, or, or at least between rather Voldemort and Adolf Hitler. And like, you know, Hitler believed in the superior, superior race. And even though like there was, you know, members of his family that were Jewish. So he, he was part Jewish. Like it was like this whole thing. I think there's some correlation there, but do you think that's what the author intended? I don't know. Not really useful to your questions right now. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. There, there is one part here that, I wanted to go. He meant over. this is the first time we hear the Lestrange, or the second time actually, the Lestranges. Yes, and I I really like that. I I, I and, they it starts building up these characters like, dude, these people must be bananas. But on the flip side, one of the most common traits of Slytherins is that they're cunning, and here he is being like, yeah, they got caught. Good job. And here are the people who've avoided getting caught, who are probably some of the most cunning people who fibbed their way out of things. Oh, I must have been under Imperius curses. And yet he puts them down Mm. for what normally would be seen as great Slytherin attributes. So I think the authors, this might be some of my favorite writing from the author uh, in this chapter. I adore this, like this whole monologue where it's like, welcome Death Eaters, said Voldemort quietly. 13 years, 13 years since we last met. Yet you answer my call as though it was yesterday. We are still united under the dark mark then, or are we? Mm. He put back his terrible face and sniffed his slit slit-like nostrils widening. I smell guilt, he said. There is a stench of guilt upon the air. A second shiver ran around the circle, as though each member of it longed, but did not dare to step back from him. I see you all, whole and healthy, with your powers intact, such prompt appearances, and I ask myself, why did this band of wizards never come to the aid of their master? to whom they swore eternal loyalty. No one spoke. No one moved except Wormtail, who was upon the ground still sobbing over his bleeding arm. And I answer myself, whispered Voldemort. They must have believed me broken. They thought I was gone. They slipped back among my enemies, and they pleaded innocence and ignorance and bewitchment. 
And then I ask myself, how could they have believed I would not rise again? They who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death. They who had seen proofs of the immensity of my power in the times when I was mightier than any wizard living. And I answer myself, perhaps they believed a still greater power could exist, one that could vanquish even Lord Voldemort. Perhaps they now pay allegiance in another to another. Perhaps that champion of commoners, of mudbloods and muggles, Albus Dumbledore. And at the mention of Dumbledore, the members of the circle stirred, and some muttered and shook their heads. Voldemort ignored them. It is a disappointment to me. I must confess myself disappointed. Oh! Like... That right there <laughs> reminds me of a Frank... Frank Randall. Oh, yes. My expectations I, were low to begin with. And did a fire Or you exceeded them? And, and you certainly met them? You certainly met them. Oh, good stuff. Mm. Good stuff. I, I just, I love that whole bit. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And again, it's a monologue, but it, it, it shows you so much about Voldemort. Yeah. And what's entailed there. Um, anything else you want to talk about in this chapter, my love? That's it. All right. Fair enough. You ready to do yes. the different Di perspective? Yes. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Cricket, you're Harry Potter. I'm Hermione Granger. And you are? Nagini. Wow, Nagini. How you been? So... <laughs> Door. <laughs> You're such a door. I mean, it was subject last time. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, Diggy, do you got anything else? It's all good, man. So good. <laughs> Just slithering and slurping. I'm a woman stuck in a snake. Which is just so weird. I like Voldemort when he was a snake too. Thought we had something in common. Now he just milks me. It's kind of weird. Whatevs. See ya. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers to you, Blake. Oh, Pulling it out. Man. Pulling it out. OG oh. Potter movie. Oh, okay. You ready to close this bad boy out? Ah, uh, yes. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, everyone, so incredibly much for tuning in to this episode. Blake and I are ever so gracious for your listenership. Here's the thing you can do for us, actually. So uh, the Potterverse is coming back now full swing. If you've been listening with us live, as, as Blake said, we've taken a little holiday. And um, one of the things we would love for you to do is to take a screenshot of your podcast app and throw it in your Instagram stories tag us at Mary and Blake Media. You can also tag me if we are friends on Instagram, Mary Larson. 
And we will uh, reshare and shout you out. Sharing on social media, whether it's as a post or as a story and letting people know if they're Potter fans as well to check out the podcast. It is one of the best ways for people to learn about our podcast. So if you haven't shared yet, please do. Or go to maryandblake.com, check out all the stuff that we have there. And of course, we do love our segment with listener questions, stuff that you have questions about, not like, you know, like, hey, when did this happen in chapter four of the page 17? Like, no, but just like if you want to talk about Harry Potter. wondering what Snape's been doing too. Yeah. Like, let's ask those questions and we'll talk about (laughs) it. So that's that, my love. All right, everybody. On that note, my name's Mary. My name is Blake. Mischief managed. Thanks. Thanks. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.